Welcome to Book Greco's Between the Pages. I'm Jess. And I'm Lauren. And we're the pals behind Book Greco's. This is the podcast where we chat all things books and everything in between. So a big welcome to the first ever episode. Ah! I can't believe we're actually doing this. <laughs> and how cool is our jingle? I'm obsessed. Oh so obsessed. Big credit to Alex Thomas for his musical genius. He's got us down to an absolute tea. This is us in musical form, for sure. (laughs) This week, we are discussing a very exciting new release. Beth O'Leary, author of The Flat Share and The Switch, is back with a third book, The Road Trip, which came out in the UK last week. This is going to be spoiler-free, like always, guys, so do not worry. You can still enjoy the book. Lauren. Do you know what I'm going to ask? I can't wait. I'm going to ask you to hit us with the synopsis. With pleasure. (laughs) So, Addie and her sister are about to embark on an epic road trip to a friend's wedding in the north of Scotland. The playlist is planned and the snacks are packed. But not long after setting off, a car slams into the back of theirs. The driver is none other than Addie's ex Dylan, who she's avoided since their traumatic breakup two years earlier. Dylan and his best mate are heading to the wedding too and they've totaled their car. So Addie has no choice but to offer them a ride. The car is soon jam-packed, full of luggage and secrets. And with the 300 miles ahead of them, Dylan and Addie can't avoid confronting the very messy history of their relationship. Will they make it to the wedding on time? And more importantly, is this really the end of the road for Addie and Dylan? Dun, dun, dun. Lauren, you've smashed it as always. Ah, um, we have been sent a little t- teaser of the audiobook from the publishers and we're going to play it for you now and it, I think it will give you an idea of just how chaotic that car journey is. Where do you think you're going? Calls Marcus. I slam the car door. Hey, Marcus says as Deb gets into the driver's seat. You have to take us to the wedding. No, I say to Deb. Ignore him. Rodney, get in. Rodney obliges, which is kind. I really don't know the man well enough to yell at him. What the fuck? Addy, come on. If you don't drive us, we won't get there in time, Marcus says. He's by my window now. He knocks on the glass with the back of his knuckles. I don't roll it down. Addy, come on, Christ. Surely you owe Dylan a favour. Dylan says something to Marcus. I don't catch it. God, he's an arse, Deb says with a frown. I close my eyes. Do you think you can do it? Deb asks me. Give them a lift? No, not not both of them. Then ignore him, let's just go. Marcus taps on the window again. I clench my teeth, neck still aching, and keep my eyes straight ahead. Our road trip was meant to be fun, I say. This is Deb's first weekend away from her baby boy, Riley. It's all we've talked about for months. She's planned every stop off, every snack. It would still be fun, Deb says. We don't have room, I try. I can squeeze up, Rodney says. I'm really going off, Rodney. It's such a long journey, Deb, I say, pressing my fists to my eyes. Hours and hours stuck in the same car with Dylan? I've spent almost two years tiptoeing around Chichester trying not to bump into this man for even a second, let alone eight hours. 
I'm not saying do it, Deb points out. I'm saying let's go. Dylan has moved the Mercedes to somewhere safer to wait for the tow. I turn in my seat just as he's getting out of the car again, all lean, scruffy, almost six feet of him. I know as soon as our eyes meet that I'm not going to leave him here. He knows it too. I'm sorry, he mouths at me. If I had a pound for every time Dylan Abbott's told me he's sorry, I'd be rich enough to buy that Mercedes. So we got sent proof copies of this book. So I'm really, I don't know if this is in the actual um, published version, but at the beginning, there was a little intro from Beth about how she came up with the idea for the book. So when she was writing her first book, The Flatshire, the idea popped into her head. And there's a quote, she says, there's so much room for comedy and tension in a tiny airless car. I decided it should be exes, plus their closest loved ones, plus a random guy who ended up hitching a ride because, I mean, is there any combination more awkward than that? Right. (laughs) Who on earth? Well, firstly, Addy is a saint. Who on earth would allow their ex to get in a car journey with them to Scotland? Not me. Not me. You'd be... You'd be hitchhiking. You'd be kicked to the curb. Um, as actually, funnily enough, when I when we mentioned in our review, I actually, whilst reading this, had a car breakdown. I was on the motorway coming back from Jess's house and um, my car just did the exact same thing that's described whilst Addie's car starts to break down on the motorway. So it was a very immersive experience. Yeah, you got the full, <laughs> the full experience yeah. of reading this. Meanwhile, I also was very triggered because I have a phobia of being late to the point where I'm like 15 minutes early for everything. If it's a job interview, I'm probably an hour early. But then I know that it's rude to be early to places. So I'm very good at like walking around, finding a local bookshop, <laughs> uh, having to buy like a hot chocolate so I can use a cafe's toilet. Like I've got all the tricks of the trade. But I was so stressed out reading the car journey and how long it was taking. I was like, they're going to be late for the wedding. So was I. And I was almost to the point that I thought, is this now part of the plot? That maybe their sat nav is taking them somewhere else. Who knows? But um, when reading it, I just... Firstly, I loved it, isn't it? It's just such a heartwarming, really light-hearted book. And what I loved the most, I think, was the dual narratives between Addie and her ex, Dylan. It was really nice, actually, that... One, the perspectives were from a male and a female. And two, that because they were exes, you always have that thing when there's a breakup, you get, you know, there's two sides to every story. So I really liked how that played in here and you were sort of seeing it from both sides and you could be like, oh, I'm team Addy or I'm team Dylan or why did he do that or why did she do that? And it was, it added another layer to the story for the reader which was really enjoyable yeah you're so right I was never really on one person's side because I kept flip-flopping with each change between yeah, perspectives same. Uh, she did one of my favorite things which is so we had the dual narrative but we also had a dual timeline is that not just Love the it. dream and it's one of my favorite things in books it was done really brilliantly in Out of Love by Hazel Hayes which is a book that starts with a breakup and then it tells the story of the relationship in reverse and the whole time it switches between like present day and past 
And I think it could maybe confuse some people, but I think she smashed it. Um, it's such a gorgeous book and it's a really good example of just how I think every author should do past and present flipping because I love it. Yeah, it's really hard to do. Yeah. I imagine. I mean, I'm not an author, but the, the thought of that must be really tricky because where do you start from and how much information you give away at what point is so imperative to the like to the reader understanding yes. the plot you don't want to give away too much too soon like where do you draw a line it's like it's a bit of a lot to get your head around yeah I feel like maybe authors have you know like when there's a um a police investigation they've got loads of suspects yeah. all over the world and loads of like string <laughs> pointing everywhere I feel like that's what they must have like this big timeline that's that's how I the only way I would be able to cope with it <laughs> or like I can always tell when I'm really busy at work because my flat just like they're just post-it notes turn up everywhere like at the moment I'm surrounded by probably about 20 different post-it notes of all things I need to do so I just imagine that's must that must be what it's like when you're starting to like put a plot together or you're out and about and you have an idea and you need to write it down or do you know what I mean it must just get so chaotic like where does your life end and their life start or the book start oh my god what is present and past who knows right and what's your reality <laughs> crazy we, we're getting into a wormhole here <laughs> what I wanted to ask you Jess was because I there was one character that really stood out to me for this for this question but when you were reading it did any actors spring to mind on who you would cast in the film yes so i don't if even a film were to i don't even it would make such a good film i think it should definitely it be would, a film actually yeah i think it'd be great uh i have this weird thing and i don't even know if i've talked about it with you but when i read a book yeah. i totally picture the character's hair their body shape their fashion sense Same but they're always faceless. But it's not weird that like they don't have a face. I just never think about their face. What I do think oh, about strange. is I do. interiors. If you could, what do you mean interiors? Like what the layout of their house is, how they've designed it. And yes, if you said, same, but it's always like houses I've been to in the past. No, mine are totally made up. And if you said a book to That's me right strange. now, I could remember exactly what that house is and they're always different. Love that. It's a mental. I've never really thought well, about it the, that much. That's the sign of a good of a good book because the illustrations are so good that you've just created this little world in your head and that's I'm guessing what an author wants from a book absolutely or I'm just obsessed with interiors but what Uh, I was yeah well what I was trying to get to is that very weirdly Addie had a face for me because Ah. I was picturing an actor so this is very um exciting I, I think maybe because of the descriptions of how she was like really petite, um, I pictured Daisy Edgar Jones, who played Marianne Ooh. in Normal People. That's a great shout. Great shout. I'd love to see um, her in this. Side note, sometimes, so there's a line in the book which says Addie has silver hair. I chose to disregard that comment because I was like, no, she doesn't. Does in she? my head, she's got brown yeah, hair. Yeah, well, she's Daisy Edgar Jones. <laughs> she's, you're wrong, Beth. She doesn't have silver hair. What are you on about? Um, so I just chose to ignore that because I totally saw her as brunette as well. Though I didn't have a specific person in mind. Whereas for me, Deb, her sister... Loved Deb. Loved her. On like the first two pages where we um, were introduced to her, automatically Vanessa Kirby came to my mind because she was like that really unfiltered outspoken really confident princess margaret 
Princess yes. Margaret, exactly. Um, so that is who I would cast as Deb. Whereas Dylan, the men, not so much. I, I didn't really... No, I didn't I think know, about Dylan. I guess them. it's going to be like someone posh. I yeah. can't think of anyone in his age group. So like, should we just do like, I don't know, Jude Law 20 years ago? Yeah. Hugh Grant 20 years ago. I'll take any of these. Colin Firth 20 years ago. Who else do I love? 1990. Yeah, Hugh Grant in Notting Hill. Oh, yeah, nice. He's like a very clean, pretty boy, posh boy. Yeah. Probably went to Eton or somewhere, didn't he? Yeah, did they talk about You know the type. I Um, I think they went to Oxford together. Oh, yeah. Did they? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Uh, I liked him as a character, well, though, regardless if I can cast him or not. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was a little bit too, like, I don't know, if if I wouldn't want him as my boyfriend. No, no, he has no direction. <laughs> yeah, he has no, no direction. If I wanted no a dog, vision. I'd get a dog. It's like, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, exactly. But he was great exactly for the my plot. Of this, like, I, I liked him in this book. Not for me, but appreciate him as a character you do you um whilst I was reading this book I unlike me actually I had two books on a go at once um don't know why and they were both romance novels so I was reading Colleen Hoover's It Ends With Us at the same time and that's also a love story and a five out of five love story if you ask me because it was just such a good book um and I think worth the reco, it's by Colleen Hoover and it's about a woman called Lily who's had a pretty tough life. She, um, I won't go into any spoilers, but she's had a tough upbringing. But regardless, she's a successful woman in her early 20s and she's just started her own business and she meets, um, on the night of her father's funeral, actually, she meets... Ryle, who's this really handsome, charismatic neurosurgeon. And again, he's also like this pretty boy, really well-educated. So I'm starting to get the characters a little bit mixed up in my head because Lily, like Addie, is just, she's very unique, very, like knows her own mind um, and is like the strong-willed one in the relationship. So I'm starting to get them both mixed up. But um, would 100% recommend reading it ends with us if you like romance novels of this ilk and um, they may be not reading them at the same time no that's maybe a little bit too far that is a mind fuck when that happens i had it mm. kind of because the book i'd read just before this is was the funny thing about norman foreman where the characters go on a road trip to scotland i was like oh okay oh my god to scotland we go everybody in the car we're <laughs> off um, but it was so nice because it meant I got to read two lighthearted books back to back, which is just always such oh, a joy. So um, for anyone that doesn't know, the synopsis of Norman Foreman is that there's a little boy who's 12 called Norman Foreman and him and his mm-hmm. best friend Jax have always had a plan that when they turn 15, they are going to perform at the Edinburgh Fringe. So they're going to spend the next few years really practicing their craft and getting their act together. Mm-hmm. And then Jack's dies when when they're 12 um and and like he was his only real friend norman has psoriasis and so he's got scaly skin as they keep saying in the book and so he doesn't really have any other friends and his mum is just such a loving mum and is like well 
let's just go this year. Like, let's do it for Jack. So they decide that they're going to go to Edinburgh Fringe this year. It's just lovely. Oh my God, I love that. Did it make you cry? No, I think because there were so many little funny lines, because it's half told from Norman's point of view. So it's just super sweet and funny. I think they saved me oh, from that's crying nice. too much. But I, remember, I, I don't know if you remember, but while I was reading it, I texted you being like, FYI, absolutely loving Norman Foreman. And then about <laughs> half an hour later, I was like, okay, I already love this book, but we've just been introduced to a pensioner and he's amazing. And now I love it even more because you know I love a book with an elderly character. You do. That's I do. True. Which actually is probably excellent segue here from me. The reason <laughs> that I enjoyed The Switch by Beth O'Leary so much. So for anyone that hasn't read it yet, The Switch is about a grandmother called Eileen, who is 79, and her granddaughter, Lena, who is in her 20s. And Lena gets on a gets put on a forced sabbatical from work for two months at the same time that Eileen has become newly single and is looking to spice up her life a little bit. So they decide oh. to swap houses. So Eileen goes oh, and lives... love. Yeah, Eileen goes and lives with Lena's flatmates in her flat in London. And <laughs> Lena goes and moves into her cottage in this busy... Um, by busy, I mean like full of busybodies, little village. Like everybody knows everyone. Mm. They're all in each other's business. And so they both navigate these new worlds and it's gorgeous. It's so fun and lighthearted and such a sense of community. Oh, it's just so lovely. Elderly characters for the win. so sweet. Totally. I mean, it sounds so sweet. And it kind of reminds me, to an extent, of Olive Kitteridge. Oh, does it? Because Olive Kitteridge, I don't know, it's just such a great book. It's about, you know, when this older woman after she's retired and how she fills her days after she's retired and you know having to slow down a little bit though olive kitteridge doesn't sound like the likable lovable elderly character of what you're probably um referring to within the switch and all the lonely people she's very she's like tough as old boots she's very determined and no nonsense sort of grandmother a bit like my own my own grandmother actually um so maybe that's why i loved it so much um but what for a book with an elderly character for you to love it does it have to be a really sweet old character or can they be a bit grumpy they can be however they want. I love them. They're just so You're wise. Sold either way. Do you know what I mean? Like they just whatever they they're <laughs> always going to bring something to the table. They've they've got all this history to them, and like they're at that point where they're mm. like, I just don't give a fuck. I'm going to tell you how it is. So that's what we need. To be fair, actually. So you just mentioned that all the lonely people, which I do wang on about a lot, especially whenever I talk about the switch, just because I read them weirdly I think in the same month at the time so I'm always going to end up yeah do you know what I don't think you even said the switch just then but I automatically just think all the lonely people you mean yeah of the lonely people (laughs) and the switch at the same time because you read them at the same time yeah and I I had it I mean it was such a great month and then that was when also when I read the authenticity project which I mean I'm now saying way too many books but they were all like kind of similar community spirit and they had Mm. an elderly character I had the best time ever but um all the lonely people because we've mentioned it like five times now is stunning it's um about an old man called Herbert who uh 
gives weekly phone calls to his daughter and he paints the perfect picture of retirement it's full of fun and friendship but actually in reality he has no friends um, and he just lives alone until he gets some good news and it forces him to connect with the outside world so it's all about the local community coming together to combat loneliness which is just so stunning and it also has lots of deeper themes as well so it's written by mike gale who is a black author and so he's able to kind of use his own experiences to think about what life could be like for an 80 year old black man and so it talks about racism in the 60s when he was starting his relationship and finding his feet in london and the struggles that they as an interracial couple faced and it's so gorgeous so it's i mean it's another one that switches between past and present i told you i love it (laughs) (laughs) really high reco from me i think you should definitely read that yeah because we both read Half a World Away by Mike oh Gell, which is God. just such a beautiful book. So and that one will make you cry. Oh, yeah. Like, if you don't, I'd actually be a bit concerned about you. <laughs> but he's got, like, 20 books. I didn't realise yeah, that. Yeah, I definitely need to read more of his backlist because he's fab. He is brilliant. Um, oh, well, yeah. It sounds like I need to read The Switch. One hundo. You, I've got because a copy. I'll lend it to you. I haven't read it. You lent me your copy of Flatshare and I bloody loved that. And I'm actually noticing a bit of um, a theme with Beth's writing. So I'll just... Hang you know, on, a quick, quickly want to cut in here because I did lend yeah. you the copy, but you listened to the audiobook. Is it because your mum robbed yes. it? It's because my mum robbed it. Is that it. what happened? I started <laughs> reading it and... Then all of a sudden, like I came, I was at my parents' house and then I came downstairs and my mum's just reading the flat show. I was like, oh, right, you're reading this now, are you? Um, <laughs> she like inhaled it in a day. Yeah, it's so good. Um, my mum loved it, it as well, actually. We, we both lent the book to our mums, didn't we? Mum um, Recos. Such a good book. Yeah, it needs to be a thing. So, <laughs> yes, synopsis, before, please. Synopsis. So, it was actually shortlisted for the Comedy Women in Print Prize in 2020, just saying. Unsurprising. Um, isn't it so tiffy and leon share a flat tiffy and leon share a bed tiffy and leon have never met i mean i'm sold already are you tiffy moore needs a cheap flat and fast leon works nights and needs cash their friends think they're crazy but it's a perfect solution leon occupies the one bed flat whilst tiffy's at work in the day and she has the run of the place the rest of the time but with obsessive ex-boyfriends demanding clients at work wrongly imprisoned brothers and of course the fact that they still haven't actually met they're about to discover that if you want to the perfect home you need to throw the rule book out the window oh my god i forgot Which about I mean, his brother until you just read oh the my god i forgot about that whole element that was my favorite part of the plot oh that was my favorite i loved him um and i was starting to see a theme with um with beth's books actually that there's always an ex and she likes to like sort of base her um her novels around like a car a flat like they have sort of an environment where a a lot of the book is set i like that gives a nice structure to the book doesn't it and it's always switching between two characters we love we love always and um like you said i listened to an audio audible and it was narrated by carrie hope fletcher is that name carrie hope fletcher yeah and she read Tiffy's part and then some Irish man read um, 
Leon's part, which is really nice because it was a nice way to um, like hear, like you say, both perspectives. So another one for a dual narrative. Yeah. And was it like um, being with your Irish family? Oh, I loved it so <laughs> much. But what was funniest was, um, so when Carrie Hope Fletcher like read a text that came in from Dylan, she'd read it in her own voice. But the guy who was narrating, I can't remember his name, um, who was narrating Leon's part, when he got a text from Tilly, Tilly, if I just said her Tiffy. name right. Tiffy, sorry. Um, when he gets a text from Tilly, he, Tiffy, he puts on this like funny girl's voice. Oh, I love which that. Was just like it made it really funny. Um, it was nice. It was nice to read. Like, um, I had it. I think just playing whilst I was cleaning the flat one weekend, and it was really nice to just have on in the background. Sometimes I forget how nice it is to listen to um, fiction books as audio because I tend to would only listen to non-fiction as audio for some reason but actually it was really nice it worked really well to listen to this one it's because of the plot Lauren because I just had the best time reading it I remember reading it I read it last summer and my boyfriend would just be like are you all right because I would just read it (laughs) smiling like actually just couldn't stop smiling and every time I put it down without fail I'd be like oh I love it it was one where like I couldn't put it down and like didn't want it to end so I was like oh I really want to read it but I also don't want to get to the end because I just want to spend all my time with these characters (laughs) because I love them like I love them both equally Tiffy is so fab but then like Leon was amazing and I love how it was written Tiffy's chapters were like written really chaotic and Leon's were really structured I loved that yes and I loved just the concept yeah. As I've already said on this episode, that come into I'm your a big head? fan of a post-it note. And I love that for the vast majority of their relationship, they communicate with each other through post-it notes and scraps of paper just left around the flat. And I don't know if it's clear in the synopsis, but Leon is a doctor and he works nights, which is why they never, they can share the flat at different times in the day. Yeah. So he sleeps during the day. Um, it was like so it's really nice yeah, it was like olden like, days love letters because it wasn't yes, texting and it was a minute it wasn't twist. instant like you'd have to go through your whole shift to come home and be like have i got any post-it nights waiting for me it's really yes, nice i loved that and i loved how like tiffy's post-it notes were like you say it's just so chaotic and like here's a drawing of a fox these are the foxes that lived outside <laughs> our flat and i've named them blah 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 and then leon's are like okay that's nice tiffy <laughs> Um, what day does the bins go out? <laughs> um, you really saw their personalities that come through, oh, and they such had such effort. differing personalities yeah. too. Yeah. Oh, oh, I might have to reread it. I love it so much. <laughs> my my mum, after she read it, like you say, the characters were just so lovable. But um, when she finished reading it, she was like. Well, Justin's a dick, isn't he? Oh my God. So when my <laughs> mum read it, whenever... So for anyone listening that hasn't read it, firstly, read it. Secondly, Justin is Tiffy's ex. When my mum read it, if my stepdad did anything annoying, she called him Justin. <laughs> he hasn't even read the book. So it was like, what is going on? Like, my name oh my is God, that Justin. is so going to be a new code word from now on. Whenever God, I go on a date a with a guy, she's such a Dustin. Just a no-go. <laughs> okay that, like maybe if we read a book that's not good we'll be like oh such a justin <laughs> love it yeah that's staying. as if we need more words into our crazy dictionary that only us do understand <laughs>
I wanted to ask you, because you've read all three, can you rank them in order of your fave? It's very close. Is it? Yeah. Go but on, if you so have to do it. the first. Okay, yeah. And then, look, if there had been an elderly character in the road trip, it would have gone second, but I just so that's adore That's where she's missing out. Yeah. I mean, I flipping loved the dynamics. Like, I thought Rodney was such a good addition to the plot. <laughs> he was just so good. random one-liners I loved. So it's, um, it was, it's very hard decision, but Eileen really just... It goes to the switch just for her. She's a babe. Interesting. Well, now I want to read Spit, the switch. It's coming your way. Oh, wait, maybe you should see if there's an audiobook. Yes, maybe I should, actually. Another one for cleaning the house, too. Okay, well, for me, I think I agree. I think I preferred the flat share a little bit more. I think because I really liked both of the characters... And I liked their relationship. Whereas in the road trip, I liked the characters on their own, but I didn't necessarily love Addie and Dylan as a couple. Yeah. Thoughts? Yeah, they had some issues. At one point I thought, oh, maybe this book will end differently to how I first thought, Mm. like whilst reading it. Um, Because, yeah, I mean, there's a reason they broke up. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) It wasn't working. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and for two years as well imagine being broken up with someone for two years and then getting back together that'd be a bit weird yeah I wouldn't like the wasted time like what's your anniversary <laughs> look clean breaks <laughs> I'm all for them yeah we're done Bye. <laughs> just gets too confusing it really does I mean I guess they didn't plan to crash into each other I wonder if they didn't have the breakdown on yeah. the, as in not their relationship oh the would car, they have got back together would they, yeah like was that their fate or did it just happen because of the oh, car oh interesting was it the universe are you saying we need a sliding doors version of this book where they don't where this incident oh, doesn't God. happen and we see I think if sliding they come doors might be one way. of my favourite films Lauren do you know I haven't even seen it but I refer to it all the time because <laughs> I know the premise have you not that's outrageous <laughs> I know it's on my list. It's up there with what's that? What's the one with like Wilson? Is it called Oh Castaway? There we go. Yeah, that's on there. Good film. I know all these good ones. I know the premise. I know about Wilson. So oh my god, Sliding Doors is so good, especially because you love a dual narrative, past and present. Sliding Doors, bloody hell, Jess, you need to go on it. Um, Lauren, considering you clearly love Sliding Doors, you should read. Yeah. Maybe in another life by Taylor Jenkins Reid. It's sliding doors. Should I? It's really good. And you as learn it, about certain things that happen to like not the main character, although you do yeah. learn about that as well, but like there's something that happens with her best friend and you mm. learn about it in one narrative and then you go back to the other narrative and you're like <gasps> waiting for her to find out about it. It's Ooh. so clever and also really feel good. So similar vibe to all the books we've talked about in this episode that feel good. If you follow us on Insta, which I assume you do, it's at BookRecos, then you'll know we've started working with Books That Matter. Books That Matter are the UK's leading book subscription box service, bringing female-led fiction and empowerment to thousands of women across the world. You can subscribe to receive a box each month or buy individual boxes, which, FYI, make really great gifts. The boxes are fab. Last month, we're celebrating Black Women's History Month with books and products from small businesses founded by black women. 
and May's Box is in collaboration with Choose Love and is a window into the stories and journeys of refugees and displaced people, as well as the work Choose Love do to support them. And the books is full of the most gorgeous Choose Love merch and postcards, plus a pretty little Choose Love cookie. And yes, we've already eaten those. Well, we all know I have a tote bag obsession and this one is stunning. The book in this month's box is only out in hardback at the moment. The publishers have done an exclusive paperback version just for books that matter. It's called Voices of the Lost by Hoda Barakat and it won the International Prize for Arabic Fiction. I'm going to hit everyone with the synopsis, Lauren. I'm very sorry to take that from you. But they need to hear this because it sounds incredible. So set in an unnamed war-torn country, the novel consists of six letters, all intercepted by unintended recipients and all of whom are compelled to write their own letters of confession. An, un- an undocumented immigrant writes his former lover. A woman in a hotel writes a man from her past. An escaped torturer recounts his crimes to his mother. A former prostitute writes to her brother. A young queer man recounts to his estranged father his partner's battle with AIDS. And finally, the mailman leaves his own note. So good. Holy crap. This sounds so good. And we are giving you guys, our gorgeous podcast listeners, the exclusive chance to win one of your own. There are two ways you can enter this competition. If, like me, you get your podcasts on Apple Podcast, then subscribe and scroll to the bottom of the podcast page, leave a rating and review, and when asked for your nickname, this is a really important part, leave your Instagram handle. But if, like me, you listen on Spotify or anywhere else, then please follow the podcast on that platform and then share a screenshot on your Instagram stories and tag us at BookRecos so we can count your entry that way. Yep. And entries for this month close on Friday the 28th of May and the winner will be DM'd by us and only us on Instagram and announced on stories on the 31st of May. Remember, if you're listening to this at a later date, then you won't be entered into this month. But great news, it's going to be a monthly competition, so you can re-enter to win the current month's box. Good luck! Thank you so much for listening to our first ever episode. If you enjoyed it, then please subscribe, rate and leave us a review. It costs you nothing, but it would honestly mean the world to us to know you've enjoyed it. And why not share it with your reading buddy too? And if you're not already, then give us a follow on Instagram, which is at BookRecos, for, funnily enough, more book recommendations. See you next week. We'll be here.